Fascinating podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. We've been talking a lot lately about stressors, both from the standpoint of decreasing the number of stressors that we face and increasing our resilience to those stressors. When I started seeking remission, I realized that this was going to be challenging on multiple levels. And as I mentioned last week, There were a number of things I had to thin or cut back on in order to make my stress levels more manageable. One of the things that I did once I started taking a more critical thinking approach to stress was to consider things that would be both stress relievers and resilience builders. I figured if I could spend time cultivating traits or abilities that would address both of the ways to to make stress more manageable, that I would be acting in an efficient way and that my efforts would be doubly uh, effective. So I found a few tools that seem to do both and I want to share one of them with you today. I've always had a love for language. My mom was an English major and I I grew up surrounded by literature that was beautiful and inspiring. As I started to consider the words that I was using to describe my life, to describe myself, and to describe my situation, I realized that I wasn't doing myself any favors. Oftentimes, if I was stressed out about something, I would create a big story around that stress. If I had suffered an injustice or had uh, an amount of work to do that didn't seem requisite with my responsibility level, or if I just had overcommitted and was feeling overwhelmed, I would create these stories around how I got myself into the situation, what I needed to do differently next time, how frustrated I was, and if only blank, 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 I could get out of the situation. I realized after a while that those strategies were not only hindering my ability to work through whatever task it was I had committed to, but they were also creating an extra mental strain that was making it really challenging for me to navigate the situation with grace. But eventually I got to the point where I recognized what overwhelmed felt like in my body. So in those moments when I had overcommitted and I just told myself, this is what overwhelmed feels like, I really would just feel it. I would feel like the tension in my stomach. I would feel the tightness in my shoulders. And I would feel like the rapidity of my breathing. And that stress was going through me consistently when I was overwhelmed. And the thing is, once you start to notice what that stress feels like, you also can tune in to the moments when your body is giving you an early warning signal that you're about to sign up for it again. So if I felt like a tightness in my stomach when someone would ask me to do something, or if my breathing would get really quick and rapid, I would realize that was my body telling me, you can't do this. This is more than what you can reasonably handle. The thing about the body is that it is always present. It can't be anywhere else. 
So while my mind can overextend and stretch and contemplate limits that are far beyond what I can actually accomplish, my body can't live that. My body knows this moment and each moment, and that's all my body can live. And so if I'm asked to do something now, and I get that sensation in my gut, or my shoulders tighten up, or I start to breathe fast, I know that's my body giving me a warning sign that I'm about to overcommit. This might sound a little bit funny, and it did take me quite a while to pick up on those cues, but over time, if you start to listen and pay attention to what stress feels like in your body, you can also start to notice when your body is warning you that you're about to sign up for a whole lot of stress. So the rephrasing was effective for that, the noticing and the increased awareness around stress. It was also effective for my mental angst. So frequently, my frustration would spill over into my family members, my husband. It would make me frustrated with the people that had let, like burdened me with responsibility or had asked me to overextend. I would get frustrated that someone had asked me instead of getting frustrated that I hadn't said no. In those moments, again, I had the opportunity to rephrase. So instead of directing that stress right back out at someone who had asked me a favor, I had the opportunity to rephrase it and acknowledge what I had done, what circumstances had occurred to then the ways I had contributed to them. So for example, this looked like instead of being mad, like why didn't she know that I was already doing this other thing and I didn't have time to also help with this or watch her kids or whatever it was, Instead, I would say to myself, in this moment, I have realized that there is capacity that I thought I had that I actually don't, and I have the responsibility to own my own capacity, and that's going to mean saying no next time. And so instead of making my limits someone else's problem, I learned to make my limits my own problem. And instead of being a problem, they actually became an invitation Oftentimes, we think that limits are something that's holding us back or that they represent some kind of deficiency or weakness, and we aren't attuned to the beauty of the limit. The beauty of the limit is that we are finite. We have so many hours in a day, and we have so many days in a week. And in that time, we have to make choices about where we show up in who we serve, and how we grow. If we don't make mindful choices, we end up just kind of going in a dreamlike state through that time, often extremely frazzled and overextended, and we ignore the limits to the detriment of our bodies and our minds. But if we can make friends with the limit, and instead of in our minds wishing for more capacity, We take the capacity that we have and offer gratitude for it and then fit in that capacity what will fit and say no to what will not. We can make friends with the limit pretty quick. What that ends up looking like is someone who knows when they have to say no because they honestly don't have time for something. 
It looks like someone who knows when to show up with which gifts because you have to say no to the times when either it doesn't really matter if you're there or if someone else's gift would be a better fit for what is needed. And so when you learn to say no, you say yes with a lot more resonance when it's time to say yes. And you show up with a lot more integrity when it's important for you to show up. This kind of shift mentally and verbally happens over time. And so I would invite you initially to just take a small step toward rephrasing. This week in my mindful wellness class, we were talking about rephrasing like our self-talk, our talk regarding our abilities, task-oriented talk, and then relational talk. If one of those resonates more with you than like just basic self-talk or rephrasing tasks, feel free to adopt one. But for now, I would just encourage you to rephrase your abilities and your limits. Use different language around what you can and can't do, not in a self-derogatory way. There's nothing wrong with a limit. And as I mentioned, people who are boundaried and have limits also have deep, deep compassion. They know when it's important to sacrifice and they're actually able to because they have a reservoir within them of energy because they've been taking care of themselves in the meantime. So don't ever think that the limit equals weakness. Instead, invite it. And when you're making choices around where to show up and who to work with and where you can make the most of your talents, invite yourself to just be really present with what you honestly can offer. And if you find yourself overextended or having a moment where you have maybe overestimated your abilities in a given time, then also just acknowledge that. Learn what overextended feels like. And don't judge yourself for landing there because we all do. Just own it. Acknowledge what it feels like. And then invite yourself to recognize the beginnings of those feelings in future conversations. Remember that it's always okay to say, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Or let me think about it. A lot of times allowing ourselves that tiny bit of discerning space enables us to tune in to the stress signals our body is starting to send. Similarly, if we're in a situation where us showing up is paramount to us living our purpose or to us engaging with someone in a situation where it's important to engage with them, our body can also help us know that and we can feel drawn toward the activity or the person. We can feel an ownership that helps propel us forward instead of a reticence that it's going to take more than what we can offer. So begin to acquaint yourself with what that feels like and then just honestly acknowledge it, whichever way it looks. And as you learn to do that, your ability to find the right words will deepen and you'll be able to acquaint yourself with the feelings that you have and also your tendencies. And once you know your tendencies, it's easier in the future to kind of monitor and be a little bit more discerning about how you use your time and the way you live your beautiful life. One more note for today. I'd love to tell you about two different summits. This week, my friend Natalie from Toronto has put together the Evolving Humanity Summit. She's sharing wisdom for 
this time that we're living in right now where stress levels are at an all-time high and she's seeking different ways to help people kind of live their best life regardless of the circumstances or challenges that they find themselves in. You can find the link for that in the bio. Also, my good friend Crystal Mickelson gave a beautiful presentation in the Purpose Project Summit. That's available this weekend also, and I'd love to share that interview with you. There's also a link for that in my bio. My interview on the Evolving Humanity Summit airs Friday, and Crystal's interview on the Purpose Project also airs Friday. Both interviews are short and sweet and packed full of tips for living with more intention and purpose and also for cultivating a more mindful mindset during challenging times. I invite you to visit either or both as they would serve you.